This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 855-453 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features you'll find there completely free. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian and Mark. And, of course, we'll take your calls about anything. That's the point of the show. You can also go and get interactive at freetalklive.com where you can, if you like, control the content of the website. So you find something online that you think is interesting, just submit it as show prep over at freetalklive.com and then other folks can vote on it. Other listeners of this program can cast votes and the most voted up items make it to the front page and the top of the site. So head over to freetalklive.com. Get interactive there. Unlike those other talk show hosts, our site's free. So enjoy freetalklive.com. So we've been chronicling the fall of Detroit over the years on this program and examining how things are going in this particular city where you can see sort of an exaggerated... uh, an exaggerated example of what is happening on a lesser scale in some other places. Because generally, city governments are having a difficult time paying their bills at this point. Sure. Uh, that's because when the economy was good, times were good for the cities. You know, money just kept on rolling in. Housing values kept going up. So Lots of kept- projects were, were implemented. And, you know, like everybody, nobody wants to cut back. And... Cities, they have the luxury of, well, uh, uh, they don't have to cut back. Not right away. Not right away. Because if you don't pay them, if your boss doesn't pay you, you leave. If you don't pay them, they take your house. So they have a a much larger amount of uh, leverage on their bosses i don't want to you know. yeah clearly we're not their bosses yeah. uh the serfs uh, is what we really are when, when you talk about a you know somebody who claims to own the land then you pay rent to or quit rents as they were known in medieval, medieval times yeah i mean that's exactly what you are serfs so uh so we've kind of watched as this has gone on and you've seen uh, cities and towns across the country even state governments have been having very very difficult times uh keeping the ball rolling as far as what it is that they uh, the size of their existing structure and uh you know they of course are used to making it larger every single year but all of a sudden here comes the bad economy and housing you know the housing bubble bursts and prices the values of the houses in many areas have gone down some significantly but but the state governments don't want you to have that lower valuation on your property either they don't want you to but eventually they have to value things lower and so, therefore, they're not getting as much money uh, year after year as they used to. And that has forced many of these guys uh, in positions to where they actually have to cut their budgets. And when you have a situation that's exaggerated like you do in Detroit, where not only are times bad economically in Detroit, but people are also leaving Detroit. Uh, in fact, they've been leaving Detroit for a few decades. Uh, 50 years ago, the population of Detroit was something like double uh, what it currently is today. I mean, this is a major, what was a major U.S. city that is now a minor uh, U.S. city in comparison to to what it once was. And so it's fascinating to watch it. Just, you know, as an example, you look at the the housing and the commercial markets in Detroit. You can go on Zillow.com and pull up the uh, the current lists of uh, houses available, and you can find houses for $1,000. I've got $1. I've heard stories. Yeah. 
So somebody would love to give you their free house um, in in Detroit, right? And we've also seen uh, other things, interesting things happening. Like for instance, the Detroit police cutting back their hours to eight hours per day of office hours. So you can't like here in Keene, New Hampshire. If I want to walk into the police department at three in the morning, somebody's going to be there at the dispatch uh, desk, and I'll be able to to, to talk to somebody. Uh, but not Detroit. You just don't have that option. They're shutting it down. Now, there may be some wealthy neighborhoods. <laughs> Streetlights are shut down, too. There's that, yeah. There, there may be some wealthy neighborhoods where police services go longer, but in, in some places in Detroit, last I heard, they were shutting down uh, 16 hours a day of police services of, as far as walk-ins are concerned. They also have approximately 40% of the streetlights across Detroit are broken. Uh, and they, in addition, are going to shut down more streetlights to save the city money. So it's it's and, quite a mess. And people are paying for private protection services now. The police have their offices that too, yeah. offices shut down to you know eight hours a day, I guess uh, five days a week, and people are hiring private security services so obviously the demand for security services is out there um you know i.e the the police but governments are such inefficient agencies because they don't have competition uh, which increases efficiency and innovation they're such inefficient agencies that they can't even fill the market that is out there for uh, uh, you know i mean uh, they're, they're demanding they they're not just demanding they're forcing people to pay for security services and then people will pay on top of that for more security services well, it's crazy yeah, and it's also an interesting example. You mentioned these private security services. How quickly those cropped up. Uh, it's The marketplace will fill the gaps. People, A lot of people are very worried when they hear us on this program talking about ending the government's monopoly on services like roads and protection and fire. And they get very, very scared because, well, throughout our, throughout our entire lives, it's governments that have provided these services in almost every place in this country. It's it's been that way, so therefore it must always be that way, right? Well, no, not necessarily. So in the case of Detroit, where the police cut back hours significantly, and by the way, even on the hours when the police are available, uh, and, and by the way, they're still available at 911, but if you call them, they're not going to be there right away. The average response time is something like a half an hour for emergency calls in some areas of Detroit. So those people that live in those areas are arming themselves. They're taking training courses. They're bringing these private security agents in to do uh, you know surveillance and you know, t- keeping neighborhoods safe, but also they're offering training classes to the civilians in those areas as well. So it's interesting to watch how the marketplace has jumped into the gap uh, created by the government services vacating. Well, I would argue that they're just alternative governments. I mean, what what is a government to people? A government is an agency that keeps you safe and controls behavior, and that's what these agencies are doing. So they're just alternative governments. Um, I mean, you know. It, it, now, I mean, one can one can sort of argue as to what the point of a you know a state that claims monopoly is. You know what what's that term that we should use for that? But you know, I was listening to a historical podcast recently talking about the origins of the state. Where where did this thing start? And really, it was just a band of thieves that got tired of traveling around. They decided to <laughs> to set down in one place. And, it's a uh, good scam they've yeah, cooked up. I mean, and what did they do? They protected people from other thieves, but in the process that they extracted by force a certain amount of grains because of you know because of the agricultural right. revolution. These guys aren't even protecting anybody at this point. No, they're you probably the protecting police, somebody. But maybe the ultra wealthy neighborhoods, perhaps. But you call the police in Detroit. You're lucky if they show up at all down the road. Several, you know, an hour later. So here's the latest from the Detroit Free Press at freep.com. Detroit will run out of cash. 
a week from today, and this article was written on June 6th, excuse me, June 8th, so yesterday. Uh, so next weekend, come uh, next Saturday, Detroit will run out of cash if a lawsuit challenging the validity of the city's consent agreement with the state is not withdrawn, according to city officials. Jack Martin, the city's new chief financial officer, said the city will be broke by June 15th but should be able to make payroll for its employees. He said the city will be operating in a deficit situation if the state withholds payments on a portion of the $80 million in bond money needed to help keep the city afloat. Mm. So they are in serious trouble. The battle ultimately could lead to an emergency manager if state officials deem the city to be in violation of the consent agreement that gives the state significant control over Detroit's finances. Oh, yeah, because uh, Michigan's going to be able to step in and, and fix Detroit's woes. I mean, you know, it's just one agency that claims monopoly privilege over a piece of land traded for another agency that's used to uh, enacting monopoly privilege over a piece of land. I don't think that the, the state's going to do any better than how, the city. How do you think the rest of uh, the people in Michigan think? about this essentially subsidy going to the city of Detroit from the rest well, of the It's got to be infuriating. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> if, if you had a family and your inheritance was subsidized, you know, your, your parents took a certain amount of your inheritance and gave it to your loser brother um, because he couldn't get his crap together or loser sister or whatever, then how would you feel about that person? Detroit, by the way, has already used $35 million of the $80 million that uh, apparently they haven't even gotten yet. 855-450-FREE. Just writing bonds on it. I mean, these people have, uh, these people, by these people I mean governments, seem to have a credit card problem. Oh, yeah. 1-855-450-3733. Perhaps you are in or around Detroit or Michigan. You've got some comments on this or anything you want to talk about goes. 1-855-450-3733. More about the fall of Detroit coming up. It's absolutely fascinating to uh, to watch this. You can take control. Free Talk Live. Do you ever have connectivity problems due to poor Wi-Fi reception? I have an amazing solution for you. C-Crane's Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3. It can provide connectivity for up to a mile. We're using it at my house, and I can't describe it as anything but stunning. This antenna will change your life. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are the best. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get your Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna at C-Crane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. This is Free Talk Live. Join us on the air or online. Freetalklive.com is where you can go. You can download archives of this program going all the way back to late 2006. Enjoy them for free and get as many as you want over at freetalklive.com. Plus, if you run a website, maybe you are a blogger, you'd like to add a forum to your blog or site, but you also don't want to compromise the privacy of your users... Head over to planeboards.com and get yourself a planeboard. P L A I N, planeboards.com. Free to use, anonymous message boards to anyone who wants one. You don't have to be a programmer. You don't have to be a webmaster. You can just be you and could just go and create your own message board and share the link with your friends. There's no installation necessary, and of course, you don't have to identify yourself to get one. Go to planeboards.com. P L A I N, planeboards.com. As we continue with the latest on what's happening with Detroit, where they are essentially about to go broke. These guys have been having a very difficult time running their city because, well, people are leaving. They are out of there, and uh, the, the population of Detroit has been dropping significantly over the last few decades. 
It's down now, I think, uh, to half of what it was about 50 years ago. And in Many addition- people would claim that this is the problem that Detroit has. It just doesn't have enough people. So, you know, because it's a shrinking city, its budgets are shrinking and, it, you know, that's just going to happen. Well, but part of the reason why Detroit is shrinking is because they regulated themselves to death. I mean, they the government there got so big and so onerous that people who are productive, people who are business owners – basically looked, started looking around. Uh, you know, if, if things get bad enough, you start to consider other options. I, well, I'm going to move my business to some other place because the tax rate's too high. The regulations are too strict. I'm going elsewhere. And then you leave, and then people lose their jobs, or they come with you, and then those lots people of, leave. Lots of places have lost their manufacturing base, and they still have you know a viable uh, municipality. And one has to sort of ask, why would, why would this particular large municipality lose it because it lost its manufacturing base to some extent? Um, why would it shrink so dramatically? And, you know, I think that there's a pretty good argument. One, I mean, you know, why do occupational uh, licenses exist? Why do cities tell businesses whether or not, you know, you have, to, you have to spend this amount of money to get this piece of paper so you can hang it on your wall so you can open up for business? Why does that exist? Yeah, to why protect that, existing businesses from competition. Do you mean protection in kind of the mafia way? That's exactly what I mean. Yeah, I mean that's really all it, it all it could be. So if you regulate so much, you get a stagnant business atmosphere. Businesses want to leave; they want to turn around and go and find a more friendly place to uh, to do business. They take their employees with them. Uh, as the economy gets worse, the economy gets worse. You know, it's a cycle, kind of an, kind of an effect. So it's it's interesting to watch this. They've been cutting back dramatically on ser- you know governmental services that everybody expects to have, like oh I don't know lights on the street in an urban area. They're cutting those back to about fifty percent of uh, of what they were. Some streets, there's one person living on it anymore. Yeah, I mean, one yeah. in ten, like one out of ten houses in some neighborhoods are occupied. It's terrible. And of course, once things go downhill, you know, and once, when, once when you don't have, uh, you know, when you don't have police on the streets and you don't have street lights and you have one house on that street that has, uh, you know, electricity where you can see the lights, mm-hmm. you know, there's no one to hear your screams. Um, I mean, sure. you know, that there's, just leaves it rife for anybody who wants to come along and pillage. Absolutely. And having no streetlight means that crime is much more likely to occur because you can't identify the perpetrators. Uh, the, you know, these criminals go to dark areas for a reason. And it's just terrible what's happening there. Uh, we'll give you more detail here. This is from the Detroit Free Press talking about how essentially Detroit's going to go broke if the state government continues to hold back $80 million in revenue sharing that was used essentially as collateral for interim refinancing of bonds issued in March so Detroit wouldn't run out of cash. They already have used $35 million of the $80 million, and according to the letter from the deputy treasurer of the state, they will no longer be able to draw down any more of the money. If our city runs out of money, said Detroit's mayor Dave Bing, he said there's no bigger crisis that we could have in our city, setting his frustration level is off, saying that his frustration level is off the charts. Council President Charles Poo said and said that he and several other council members want the city's top lawyer to stand her ground on the lawsuit she filed challenging the consent agreement as a violation of the city charter. Pugh said said of the warning that we feel like the city will be broke by next week, that that might be an exaggeration. (laughs) (laughs) I guess he wants to wait and see. He wants his attorney to to stand their ground on this lawsuit. There's some sort of an agreement, a consent agreement with the state. I don't know what that really entails. Sounds very bureaucratic. Uh, but essentially, you've got bureaucrats fighting one another once again in a budgetary uh, situation. And we've seen 
where state governments have shut down before as a result of a budget battle that, you know, the, the two sides can't come to an agreement, so essential state services will be shut down. You've seen these news oh, stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're never going to do away with the, with the sort of auxiliary uh, services that are out there. It's always going to be the, the essential ones. Right. And, uh, you know, everybody manages to get through it just fine. Whenever the state shuts down, everybody is okay. It's all right. Uh, And some people freak out about it, but I always wish that they'd shut down for longer so people could get used to the state not being around. The people that uh, rely the most tend to be the, you know, the ones that go to, say, the senior centers or the youth centers or things like that. They're affected. You know, people that uh, may have, uh, you know, be calling for these essential services or whatever they are, they're certainly affected. Those people are affected. If, If you have come to the point where you're relying upon the state to take care of you, then, yeah, you're going to be affected when this organization is having financial trouble. And it's a really inefficient organization. It doesn't know how to manage its money. There isn't a lot of evidence that municipalities and states and governments anywhere can manage their money. No, and really that's the most important part of this article. It gets into more detail here, and I'm not going to share that with you. Uh, The Detroit Free Press reporting on this mayor and this other guy, this other bureaucrat, this, I guess, the head of the the council president, Charles Pugh, these guys going back and forth essentially arguing over whether or not the city's going to go broke or whether or not there's some legal wrangling here as far as, well, you know, there's a corporation that's a subsidiary of the city and it's not the same thing as the city, so it's involved and so it may not have to you – know, there's all kinds of like legal – legalese questions sure. flying They've created all these here. entities as, and then these all these entities have rights. And – but the ultimate – it really doesn't matter whether the mayor's right and the city's going to run out of money or the council president's right and the city's not going to run out of money and that they're going to get the payment from the state. Like He's basically saying, yeah, the state's going to pay us. It doesn't matter about this lawsuit. The state's going to pay us. And maybe he's right, maybe he's not. What It doesn't matter. What matters is they're teetering on the edge of total financial collapse. And, and yeah. nobody knows for sure what's going to happen come next Friday. That's the most relevant part about all this. What does happen if the city runs out of money? Because they say here that they have enough money, they believe, to cover payroll. But for how long? For a week? How much money do they have sitting in reserves to where they can keep paying their bureaucrats to show up to work? What happens when that runs out? You know, how I've- many bureaucrats are going to show up to work if they know there's no paycheck at the end of the week. I, uh, at one point, was uh, speaking to a former law enforcement officer who was uh, talking to me actually about you and your activism. And he said uh, regarding um, you know you and not having enough principles to stick by exactly what you believe, I guess you had made some kind of compromise or some way or another with uh, you know lo- local law enforcement, and that he never compromised his principles and always believed in what he did. But I wonder how many times he would have gone to work if the paycheck wasn't there. Mm. You know, I mean, really? That's not compromising if you're doing it for money? Toll-free number, 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us, of course, here on the air. Bring up whatever's on your mind. You can take control of the airwaves. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. yourself by trading with value. Visit DontTreadOnMeme.com. Browse their unique silver dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. 
While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't tread on meme. That's don't tread on M-E-M-E dot com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com, get interactive there, and enjoy all the features. So once again, freetalklive.com. The bulletin board system is one of those uh, features. You can go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. Go to bbs.freetalklive.com to access that. Uh, It's totally free, of course. bbs.freetalklive.com. Dot com. I, I don't know if you've got any kind of connectivity problems at your house with your Wi-Fi, but uh, we did have it at, at my house. And I found a product uh, from the C-Crane company that really fixed the problem. It's called the Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna 3. And you can go to ccrane.com and check it out. But this thing will allow you to get Wi-Fi connectivity for up to a mile. I mean, if you walk a few feet Oftentimes, or a wa- there's a wall in between. You're going to start losing bars on your Wi-Fi, and if you've got a big house, or say you've got uh, you know your your uh, home offices on your property, but it's a little ways away or something like that, it can be very difficult. This product makes it easy. Uh, you know, I mean, it's going it's going tens of yards on my house, but it can go up to a mile. Um, as a matter of fact, my uh, the, the we saw other Wi-Fi. You know uh, what, what do you call them? Networks mm-hmm. um, on my SSIDs. I could see them at my house, yeah. which you know what that means, but other people don't. I mean, there's nothing but you. You can't look at out my property and see the neighbors' houses. Yeah, Wi-Fi is not supposed to go that far, and it, it does <laughs> <laughs> with the the the, the C Crane Company's uh, USB Wi-Fi Antenna Three Super USB Wi-Fi Antenna Three. And you can go to uh, ccrane.com. That's c c r a n e dot com. Um, if you can't go to the website, then you probably don't need a um, USB. Wi-Fi USB antenna, <laughs> but uh, it's just uh, ccrane.com. When you mention Free Talk Live when you're checking out, you can get a free flashlight. It's, a, it's a, you know, who, who doesn't need an extra flashlight? It's an awesome little thing. So that's ccrane.com and go check one of these things out. Toll-free number here again, 855-450-FREE. We're discussing the situation in Detroit, which continues to deteriorate over time as the housing uh, bubble collapses. Uh, Detroit's property taxes going down dramatically, combined with also people leaving the area in droves. Uh, over the years, many, many people have left uh, Detroit. In fact, I remember the example of one of the uh, soccer, was a stock, uh, soccer stadium, which originally was built for several million dollars. It was and- not a soccer stadium initially. It was a football stadium that got turned into a soccer Soccer stadium for a Canadian team. It sold for was it six hundred? It sold for six hundred thousand. Six hundred thousand. I mean, I at the time I was just stunned by that. We were still yeah. in the midst of uh, housing prices going up yeah. at that point. And so I think it was maybe two thousand and five or two thousand and six when no, it occurred. Not long ago. I think so, but you know, I could be wrong. The uh, so you know, you're talking six hundred thousand. I mean, that's a that's an expensive house. Yeah. So but this is for a stadium. Now I can't imagine what the property taxes would be on this monster. They're having some serious uh, financial problems to where they're teetering on the brink of total governmental uh, failure. In that they won't be able to meet payroll after a couple of weeks. They're going to be broke as of next week if they don't get an influx of cash from the state government. Now, according to a different article over the. Detroit Free Press, the attorney for the city of Detroit, Crystal Crittenden, uh, filed a lawsuit last week saying the consent agreement between the city of Detroit and the state of uh, Michigan was void and unenforceable. 
because, she claims, Michigan owes the city $224 million in revenue sharing, plus more than $1 million in unpaid water bills, parking tickets, and other debts. Under the city charter, Detroit can't enter into contracts with entities in default to the city, so Crittenden challenged the consent agreement under her authority to investigate violations of the charter. However, the state government guy is responding, saying the state of Michigan is not in default to the city of Detroit at any level. I mean, essentially, you've got what you've got here is a creation of the state. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that uh, you know that the city is subservient to the state in the state of Michigan. Please correct me if I'm wrong. There are certainly that. home rule state um, home rule states, but usually that's the case. Yeah. So you've got an entity that is beholden to the state, attempting to tell the state. You owe us $224 million. You need to pay. And the state's saying, no, no, we don't. Now, of course, this is going to go to court in the state courts. So who do you think has the advantage in this particular lawsuit? I don't know. I mean, they all have uh, they all have uh, you know taxpayers that they can milk for the lawyers that are going to fight this out. They I, do, but it's a state court. I don't know. I don't the state court meaning the judge is paid by the state, not paid by the city uh, in this in this case. And so, you know, the city says one thing, the state says another, only time's going to tell, but basically the state is telling the city, you better pull your, your lawsuit or you're not going to get these millions of dollars and then come next weekend, you're going to be broke. And essentially, the council president has responded by saying, well, we don't really think that's the case. We, th- we think that even if the state uh, – well, we think the state's going to pay. We think they're going to pay up the end. So basically, the council president wants to just you know, roll the dice and see what happens come next week. And I think it's absolutely fascinating to watch this. Uh, it is fascinating. It's, it's like somebody who's in complete denial about their spending problems. I, I mean, you know, you've got to you've got to live within your budgets, and for whatever reason, municipalities and states and governments they don't do that. They don't have to do that. Nope. And I guess uh, you know they've got the capital. By the capital, I mean you. Uh, if they, they claim your labor and they claim your land, they own you. So you know they 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 parlay that capital into bonds and you know sell it and well get more the thing money. is they don't completely own you because you can always go to a different plantation within the fifty plantation spread. So but it is the the it's very expensive to uh, you know, be, be switch between states or switch between governments. I mean you it's, you know plenty of people very wealthy people are say moving to the Channel Islands rather than being in England because the taxes are much lower there and so people will you know right, do that. So, but my point was they don't truly own you in that they can't necessarily keep you on their plantation because you can go to the next plantation over. You're oh, you're going to be owned by somebody. They have a, they have a monopoly privilege on the land and as right. long as you exist on their land you're they a own resource. They own you know you are part of that land right. you are you know you are like any other wild animal on that land they can do what they will with you this is true you are a resource for them and but that's part of the thing they can't necessarily control all those resources and where they end up going and so now they're in a really sticky situation your thoughts are welcome here at 855-450-FREE maybe you're experiencing something similar we know that uh, Illinois for instance has also been having budgetary crises uh, California is another location one 855 Four five zero three seven three three. Let's talk to Mark listening in North Carolina. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and another Mark. Oh, thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, you guys are talking about Detroit, and Detroit has uh, one uh, uh, happiness history. They got a former mayor that had seven felony convictions, done time in prison, and then one of the uh, 
the headquarters for a corporation in Detroit, hired him in a in the Texas after he'd done his prison time and offered him one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year salary to sell uh, medical uh, some kind of medical uh, tracking software. Uh, another city councilwoman who's married to a congressman, John Conyers, she uh, did time in prison for accepting bribes. Half the city's um, bribes, they got the county, Wayne County, which Detroit is in. They're, the whole system in Detroit is just a gang of liars and thieves robbing, raping, and pillaging the entire the entire city. Mark. Sure. But it's like that in every city. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you know of a city that's not like that? Well, yeah, but uh, how many cities got mayors that are in prison not for many. assaulting county sheriffs? I mean... Well, it's it, just that the, in it, other cities, you don't know what the mayors have done because they just haven't gotten caught yet. Well, that that is true. Yeah. But, but the thing is, is, when they say they're, they're out of money and then they got the bonds and they've been securitized on everything, it's just amazing... How us, the people, uh, all we can do is just sit back and watch them just pillage and just run everything into the dirt. It's, it's sad. It's just a sad story. Well, I don't know. Everything that's... that's wrong with municipalities seems to be wrong by a hundred times in Detroit. Mark, uh, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Yeah, it's just right. It's a magnified version of what's going on elsewhere. Corruption is everywhere. Uh, thuggish cops, you know, dangerous governmental, uh, uh, just affections on your liberty or controls. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. It's it's bad everywhere. It's just that we get to see the, the gritty detail uh, in Detroit. It's Free Talk Live. Are you excited about Flaming Freedom's Bigger Gayer Dance Party at this year's Pork Fest? Oh, yeah. Well, you should be. There's going to be hopping dance music and a giant tent full of liberty lovers getting their gay on. By gay? Do you mean happy? Uh, sure, Claire. Super Gay Dre is bringing his elite team of drag queens led by Fiolincia. There's going to be raffles for all kinds of prizes, as well as prizes for gayest costume, best drag queen, and best drag king. So get your ticket now for the insanely cheap price of just $5 at flamingfreedom.com slash danceparty. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Get interactive there. And if you like the show and you appreciate the fact that the site and the features there are totally free, maybe you want to voluntarily support Free Talk Live. There's an easy way to do it. It is by shopping with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. Proceed to enter Amazon through the links you'll find at shop.freetalklive.com. And then get your shopping done. Get the stuff you're looking for. Get a great deal. Get it delivered to your door. And you'll help Free Talk Live at the same time. So it's the same great Amazon you're used to. You're just entering through our affiliate link. So Free Talk Live gets a cut of the purchase. Go to shop.freetalklive.com to get your shopping done. A little bit more on what's going on in Detroit because... This may be coming to a city near you. Maybe you don't even live in Michigan. You're saying to yourself, well, why, why does this even matter? Well, it matters because it's, it's an example of how things go or can go when a city 
fails and inevitably force always fails i mean force creates unintended consequences and force is the tool that governments use to gain compliance with their uh, their diktats and their their orders and their taxes and the uh, the money that they want to extort from you if they couldn't use force then they'd just be another business entity they'd be another entity offering services to an open marketplace which is ideally what they should be i mean i have no problem with fire protection and, and police protection as long as they're actually protecting people of course and not arresting peaceful people but ultimately, those functions should be funded by consent, not force. And that would be, I think, a big change and go a long way to making governments more responsible. Because, Mark, you were pointing out earlier that governments are not fiscally responsible. And why should they be? They can use force on people to extract more money from them if right. they I, want to. I heard this explained and ex- explained very, very well. Um, you know, when the, the most responsible situation is when you earned your money and you spend your money. That's the, correct. The next um, most responsible situation is when um, you are spending – when somebody – let's see. Um, let's see. Somebody else is spending your money and then like the least responsible when, – When you've approved somebody to spend your money for you. So like a, a trusted an partner. agent or something yeah. like that. So Spouse. Yeah. Um, so you're spending you know, your money that you didn't earn and then the least responsible situation is when you're spending money that you didn't earn at all. You had like no relationship to, uh, to the money and you're right, spending – When a total stranger is spending your money. They're right. not going to okay. do near as good of a job. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got it kind of messed up. When you're buying something for yourself with money you didn't earn is the next most responsible situation. And then the least most responsible situation is when you're buying something for someone else with money that you didn't earn yeah. is the least amount. Oh, well, you know, get them that. You know, whatever. Yeah, who cares? It's yeah. not your money. <laughs> who cares? And that's what governments are. It's, uh, you know, the purchasing of stuff for other people with money that isn't theirs. Right. Year after year after year after year. And, uh, of course, they always want to grow their programs. So I've been looking here at what's going on in Detroit where they're essentially po- poised to go broke uh, starting as of Friday, not last – not yesterday, but uh, you know this coming Friday. Right. If the city does not come to terms with uh, this lawsuit that has been filed against the state, the city's attorney essentially uh, firing, uh, filing a lawsuit to try to get the state to, I guess – Pony up. They're claiming the state owes them millions, like $200 plus million, whereas the state's saying, no, no, we have no obligation to you whatsoever. And I bet you they're right. I bet the state's right that uh, ultimately they don't have any obligation. Even if the state did say that we're going to pay you these revenue shares, because that's what they're expecting, they're expecting to get a portion of uh, state level taxes. Even if the state made that claim, remember, at least on a personal level, when the state tells military members that they're going to do something for them and reneges, there's no liability on the state's uh, part for reneging. And I can't imagine there's li- there's going to be liability found by state courts that the state government is liable for reneging, if it's true they reneged, on the agreement with the city of Detroit. It's so. also kind of funny that they can actually get some kind of court hearing inside of this week or whatever when there's people sitting in jail right now wishing for speedy trials that have been yeah. in there for a year and a half or two years. I mean, you know, when, when the government wants something from itself. Well, its, they may not itself. get a court hearing this They may not get the court hearing this week, which is one of the reasons why the state's saying, hey, look, this thing's not even going to wrap up anytime soon, so you really should drop the lawsuit. I mean, essentially, the state's in total control of the situation, right? So the, the state government, being, it being their court system, can basically drag their feet on uh, hearing this particular lawsuit. Let's say the state knows it owes to uh, the city the payments, but it can still just drag its feet on the lawsuit, putting the city in a difficult financial shape. Uh, they're already in difficult financial shape, but in much putting more the pre- difficult. Putting the pressure on Critical, them. putting them in a more critical financial shape 
Because essentially this consent agreement here, uh, there's a graphic from the Detroit Free Press kind of lays it out. Essentially, the Detroit City Council went to the state because they're having financial troubles and they basically agreed to certain things like, hey, we need help. Tell us what to do. And so they came up with this agreement that essentially says that, you know, they've got to hire on a chief financial officer and chief operating officer. So they're creating more governmental roles uh, for the city there. You know, there's now a nine member body that will advise and review all fiscal matters. Uh, Then they, you know, get into details on on what that will be. Uh, The mayor and council would retain their roles, but would agree to restrain their powers and privileges in certain circumstances. And, you know, there's more about collective bargaining agreements, the money that they're going to receive from the state in response to doing all these things. But under the failure to comply provisions, if the city defaults on its obligations under the agreement, the state can withhold revenue sharing payments. And that's exactly what the state's doing is it's saying, well, you know, you haven't done what you said you're going to do. We haven't this agreement hasn't panned out. So we're holding back these payments. And now the city's about to go broke. It's fascinating. Let's go to you and your thoughts. 855-450-FREE. Patrick is in Youngstown, Ohio, listening to XM Satellite Radio. Hey, Patrick. Hi. This is a common Rust Belt theme that you guys are talking about because several years ago I was listening to the Michael Savage show, and he was talking about Youngstown, Ohio, and he was saying a lot of the same things that you guys are saying about Detroit, like it was a city in decay. And I'm a trucker, so I decided I go through Youngstown a lot. So I decided to stop, start stopping my truck there and checking the town out. And I would stop my truck, I'd get my bicycle, and I'd drive around. And I thought it was a nice town, so I bought a house there for uh, $25,000, and I like it a lot. Hmm. And I, I think that um, if I, if, if I, I would buy a house in Detroit if I could. I think it probably has a lot of big city amenities that people can't get anywhere else are you talking about detroit yeah. having big city amenities oh yeah i drive through there all the time it's i mean it's it, there's pockets of prosperity in every uh decaying town like i guarantee you you can go to detroit and find nice neighborhoods it's not an entire slum i believe that's uh, right. probably true i mean there are still people living there and i think that there are going to be a variety of different uh, economic circumstances in those areas Although that said, there are some really terrible places in Detroit right now where streetlights don't even exist. One in ten houses are occupied. The police don't respond uh, when they're called. And uh, I don't know if very many people would want to buy houses in those areas, which is why you see houses on the market for $2,000 and nobody is buying them. So anybody that wants a house in Detroit can afford a house in Detroit. You go ahead and get a mortgage for $2,000. You're paying like 3 bucks a month or something like that. It's yeah. not hard to get a house. I've been through Youngstown and Detroit. And I haven't seen places like in Youngstown where you're talking about one occupied house on a street of 10 houses or something like that. And, you know, I think that there, I think that this is just writ large. I agree that in uh, metros that are having, you know, decay, uh, that you can get some real bargains as far as where you live and that kind of thing. And if you're able to live in different places, that this might be a bargain for you. I don't know. Detroit seems worse to me. Well, and those amenities you're talking about aren't going to exist if the city goes broke, even in those more uh, wealthy areas or those more well-to-do areas there uh yeah i don't think the the full level of services that you expect might be there is going to be there as of two weeks from today and it's already been cut back like with the street lights being uh cut the street lights are broken in most places and they're going to be cut back even further so not so many amenities a, uh, they can afford to have a grand prix every year detroit grand prix and i think it's close i don't know if that's an example to, uh, of anything really Close proximity to the University of Michigan and also to Canada, 
I don't think it's going to dry up and blow away. It's not, you know, geographically, it's only about 20 miles wide by 12 miles long. It's not you know even it, that big of a city. Well, Patrick, you know what? And what they're th- talking about doing is actually cutting down the size of the city, which could result in some interesting things happening. If, if you know, the the metropolitan area known as Detroit is made a tenth the size it currently is, or a third the size, or whatever, then that's going to result in the, those outlying areas having their own political autonomy at that point, perhaps to run things a little bit ditter, uh, differently, a little bit better. And that could result in some booms, perhaps, in those areas with lesser, uh, less government involvement, less regulation. But either way, there's not currently uh, a real movement for people to move into Detroit. I mean, you're saying you would move into Detroit. I'm telling you, you can go and get a house tomorrow for $1,000 in Detroit. So there's no reason why you couldn't have a house in Detroit, should you really want them. But yet... Nobody's moving into Detroit. People are leaving Detroit. So as, when that's happening, it, it can be kind of tough to turn that trend around, especially when you've got a government that refuses to cut back uh, and is instead just going to go ahead and just go whole hog broke. But what do you think about, say they leave Detroit, they might just be moving to Livonia or uh, Sterling Heights or someplace that's a suburb, you know? Sure, but that is But at that point, they're not helping the metro. The metro's not getting any money out of them. Yeah, and they're not getting any money out of the state either, uh, which is going to be their saving grace if, uh, if anything does save them. And it looks like they may have to appoint an emergency manager and the state may completely take over operation of the city. Patrick, thanks for the Maybe call. Maybe the I Chinese appreciate will it. move in. I appreciate hearing from you. <laughs> not a bad idea. 855 450 free. You take control. Hour two's next. Bring up anything. Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up what you want. 855-450-FREE. Still to come, we can talk about breastfeeding in public. 1-855-450-3733. That's in the news. Of course, you can also take control here and bring up anything. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Just to bring you up to speed, if you're just tuning in, we've been talking about Detroit and the continues, uh, the continuous fall, the, the, the decline uh, of Detroit. Not only has it declined in population significantly, over the last 50 years, it's also been declining, obviously, in businesses, uh, just leaving, shutting up their uh, operations or moving them elsewhere. And uh, it's also declining in uh, governmental services. Streetlights aren't working. 40% of the streetlights, they're broken. It's not like they can just flip them on. They'd have to go through repairs, you know, put actually a new put new copper wiring in, repair bulbs. I mean, the, the copper thieves have been going around to the streetlights and pulling copper out of the streetlights. So, I mean, these things are in seriously bad shape. They might they, as well just pull them down, scrap them for the metal that they are. They, yeah, they absolutely might as well because they're in debt to the power company. Again, I'm talking about the city of Detroit, not the state of Michigan, which I'm sure is having its own financial issues, but Detroit's really bad off. Uh, plus, cutting back on policing services and, and other things. Uh, also, just talking about essentially reconnoitering uh, the uh, the city to uh, you know to set it up. I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, reconfiguring the uh, the city to set it up as a, a smaller entity, perhaps. And uh, they're trying to change all kinds of things from a central control perspective, and it just 
doesn't work. There's really not anything they can do. They can keep cutting, and they're, they're trying to cut, but they're not cutting fast enough because they're out of money. They're about to run out of cash. They're expecting to get $80 million from revenue shares from the state of, um, of Michigan. But the state is basically saying, yeah, uh, there's, we're not going to pay this to you because you're in violation of this uh, consent agreement. And you need to pull this lawsuit out of here because you're trying to get more money out of us. The lawsuit from the city says the state owes them $224 million. And the state's saying, no, we don't owe you anything. And it's just an absolute mess. But it's interesting to watch because this can happen where you live. And another interesting aspect of this is the infighting between the bureaucracies. Essentially, as things get worse for the state, they're going to have to, to attack each other because at some point you can't get blood out of a stone. The people of New Hampshire, or excuse me, not New Hampshire, but Michigan, the people of Detroit can only be pushed so far. They can only afford so much or else they're going to pack up and they're going to leave, which is what they've been doing. So, you know, the stone... It's been bled at this point, and now we're seeing what transpires in that situation where there is no more increasing in taxes. You don't get to do that anymore in Detroit. That's not going to solve your problem. There aren't really anything, there's not really anything that can be done, in my opinion, that can solve the problem besides the government taking itself out of the picture, besides the government backing up and saying, well, we're just going to cut our size dramatically, cut ourselves down to a tenth of the size of what we were, and we're going to get rid of business regulations so new businesses can come into Detroit and create new opportunities for people, create new jobs, give people you know, the, the reason and incentive to move back into the city. Stop taxing people uh, left and right. Stop, you know, dramatically lower property taxes so people can actually sell their houses. But the people in the government were, you know, they went to school to be sort of city planners and things like that. So they believe that government is the solution to their problem, to the problem here. Somehow or another, we can organize in some way that will solve these problems. And I don't think they can. Nope, I don't think so either. We'll certainly watch and let you know what happens. Detroit listening, or excuse me, not Detroit listening, Matt listening in northern India, Indiana. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Yeah, hey guys. My first question is, have either of you guys ever been to downtown Detroit? Uh, thankfully, no. I've only been through the airport. Oh, yeah, me too. Actually, that's what I thought. Um, how, how about you, Mark? Yeah, the same. same. Um, all right. So what I did, I did an investigative journalist thing, and I found a a friend who lived in Detroit. He took me down there, and he took me on, and I'm not joking, you guys. He took me on, and and this was like five years ago, so I have no clue how bad it is now. He took me on like a trip through downtown Detroit. You know, and everybody says, oh, Eminem, you know, insane posse, like, you know, they claim all these rap groups are from there. The people in Detroit will tell you, once you meet them, they'll say, these rappers, like Eminem, is not even from Detroit. You know, he's from, like, this suburb over here. Mm -hmm. You go to downtown Detroit, and literally, you roll down the street, and what you see is you see burnt-down house, burnt-down house, burnt-down house, and then you see somebody, like, with a Honda Civic, and they're actually trying to, like, build up a house, like one of those people you were talking about who's, you know, trying to... Homestead there in the uh, the wasteland. Yeah, it's, it's a wasteland. It, I mean, it literally looks like a post-apocalyptic world. Mm. But you have these, these people that look like yuppies. I mean, they're, they're literally, you know, wearing, like, their little, you know, turtle shirts and stuff, walking up into, the, into their properties. But 
it, you guys want to rebuild Detroit, I'd have to say you'd have to kind of do something like uh, you guys are doing with the, you know, with the Free State Project. You'd have and to like re- reoccupy Detroit because it's seriously, it's a scary place. Um, in our in our journalism, what we found, um, I mean, you even go in any corner. Um, we pulled up to a corner, and I had the door unlocked, and um, our guide. Actually, yeah, that's how bad downtown Detroit is. We had we had to have a guide, and he reaches over and he locks the door as somebody comes over and tries to like grab the door, and we had to take off. Wow, jeez. No, seriously. Did it, you guys like record any video plan. of this? Did you? I mean, you said you were journalism. So, was there any, uh, I guess, reporting that went on? No, 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 no. I, I was writing this stuff down. This was like five years ago. Yeah, I, I totally should have been videotaping it. Kind of like more of like a, um, you know, something. I I didn't believe it. You know, and I really didn't do. believe. I really <laughs> didn't believe that when you go to Detroit, that half the houses are burnt down. Do you know that um, on Halloween? You know, the day before Halloween, it's they like call it Devil's Night. Devil's yeah. Night, yeah. Yeah, and that's what they do is they go out and they burn down all the houses. And Crazy. I was like, you know, no way. That guess they haven't found cable. People don't do that. No, I went through there, and I, I literally, anybody who's got the balls to go, I don't know if I can say that on the air. You but just if did. You got, <laughs> if, you, if you got the huevos to go through there and see that, it really exists. Thank you, Matt, for sharing your experience. I appreciate hearing from you tonight at 855-450-FREE. Maybe you are from Detroit. Uh, You don't have to live there now, but maybe you're one of the escapees. Maybe you're one of the people, one of the hundreds of thousands of people who have left Detroit in the last couple decades, few decades. Why? What was it that was your motivation? I mean, everybody's got their individual story. And every town has a bad section of town. Sure, but Detroit's particularly bad. <laughs> so I hear. 855-450-FREE is the number here. Vince is listening in Indy to WXNT. Hey, Vince. Hello, hey, Ian Vince. Mark. How are you doing? Great. What's on your mind tonight? I, oh, I was going to tell you, I I interviewed for a job when I graduated from college up in Detroit. <laughs> that was back in the late 70s. It was bad then. I remember going to Windsor, Ontario to stay in. And come back across mm-hmm. to. Uh, That's across I mean, from Windsor, Detroit. If you go, if you go to Windsor, Ontario, it's different than night and day. Is that so? I mean, it's clean and and it's well kept. I think a lot of the automotive manufacturing jobs moved across the border because they get better treatment over there. I believe it's true. And, and or if you know, if not in Detroit, move to uh, Ann Arbor, move somewhere else. Anywhere else is better yeah. than Detroit. But I just wanted to say, um, I, I watched the, the, the two uh, California cities that and uh, the Wisconsin election, you know, mm-hmm. where they voted to basically keep that one guy from Wisconsin in. But I, I'm kind of wondering, how, how are they going to deliver on their plans to cut property taxes and all that? Wait, who has a plan to cut property tax? Well, there's this Walker guy up there. He's talking about cutting property yeah, taxes. Yeah, right. I, I, I share your skepticism. That, yeah, 
I mean, it's it, you know, politicians will say anything, and good luck. Cutting uh, taxes is always a popular thing to say. Yeah, but. if uh, if somebody actually does cut taxes, they'll probably get reelected. Uh, but I can't see anybody actually doing that because it would be way too unpopular with the the political class. But uh, thanks, Vince, for the call, man. Eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line one eight five five four five zero three seven three three. In Illinois, they raised taxes. Income tax went up sixty percent there. Eight five five four fifty free, and they're still having budget. You take control. Free Talk Live. There's a legendary piece of equipment in the radio world. It's the CC Radio 2. It has the best AM reception, bar none, thanks to their twin-coil ferrite AM antenna. It also has stellar FM reception, plus ham and weather. I recently got one. It's the nicest radio I've ever owned. If you're not familiar with the C-Crane Company, their products are lauded for their quality by experts the world over. I highly endorse the C-Crane Company. Get the CC Radio 2 at ccrane.com. C-C-R-A-N-E.com. Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up anything you want, or you can tell us your story. Maybe you are formerly of Detroit, or maybe you still live there, and you want to tell us what it's like, or you want to tell us why you left. 855-450-FREE, because things are really bad. We'll continue with that here in a moment in your calls at 1-855-450-3733. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. You can get your Liberty message out to thousands of people a month for fractions of a penny apiece. You can do it from the back of your car with LibertyStickers.com. They've got hundreds and hundreds of different Liberty sayings over there. All you have to do is go check out the site at LibertyStickers.com, and you can read the sayings. They're often witty and pithy and interesting. They appeal to a broad demographic. They've got something for you at uh, LibertyStickers.com. And they have uh, they have bulk sales that in case you have a retail store or you set up some kind of booth at a flea market or gun show or something like that. You can get them in bulk, um, you know, at a, a much larger discount and make a little money selling Liberty stickers. They'll also make custom stickers for your church, your band, your business, whatever it might be, libertystickers.com. All right, so we're going to continue here with you and your thoughts as Detroit continues to spiral down uncontrollably, desperately hurting for cash. They decide to sue the state in the hopes of getting more of it. Uh, the state essentially saying, yeah, we don't owe you anything, and if you don't withdraw your lawsuit, you're going to run out of cash next week. The uh, Detroit government bureaucrats, some of them are saying, we don't believe it. We think we're, the state's going to pay us because they, we can't contract or there's some sort of legal issue and we've got a lawyer and she says this and this. And so we're going to go ahead and take it all the way to the wall. And so we're going to see what, what happens. What else would they do? Yeah. So uh, your thoughts are certainly welcome. 855-450-FREE-AL is listening in uh, Delaware to WGMD-FM. Hey, Al. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks. Love your show, man. Thanks. Go ahead, sir. Oh, this topic drives right to my heart. I'm telling you, uh, I was a builder for 25 years I'm from Washington, D.C. I'm a transplant over here to Delaware because of taxes and regulation and mm-hmm. government overreach and absolute mayhem in every fiscal sense. Uh, what you're looking at, fellas, and, you know, I've been watching this for four years, you're looking at the lighting of the fuse of Agenda 21. This is what it's going to look like when they take cities like Detroit and they take places like, uh, uh, you know, where the BP spill down there in St. Louis. You're looking at both ends of the Mississippi River in the center of the country. This is how they're going to divide it. They're going to work their way through. Hold on a second. Yeah, I'm completely lost Tell here. me more about Agenda 21. We've had people call about this before, but uh, what does Detroit have Some to do with Some kind of UN it? thing, right? 
Well, they're going to use the banks to put everybody in debt and basically okay, they've done trample that. them uh, using counterfeit documents and other such, you know, uh, crazy appraisals and indebtedness and steal of their property. Therefore, the government can easily bail out with our tax money. We're so weak and indefensible. We're so completely downtrodden and guilty for this so-called real estate boom that we're afraid to stand up and fight the, the thieves. These people are thieves. Let's, not, let's make it very, very, very clear. And when you say these they people, uh, to whom are you referring? Everything. What, Al, when you say these people, to whom are you referring? Well, we could start with uh, our jokers over there, the, the six major banks. Uh, we could start with Wall Street. We can start with uh, especially Goldman Sachs, et cetera. But getting back to what well, I wait, was going to talk bef- about, you're talking about slums and whatnot. They're going to use the Cloward and Piven, overwhelm the system, turn it into a slum. You've got mayhem drugs. How many people know that these problems with crime are what drive people out and drive taxes up? Oh, I believe it is that that's the true. Perfect storm. But it is the perfect job security. How does that benefit the banks, though? I, I that, that baffles me. I mean, you know, they they get well, these properties. I want you to sit for a minute in the chair and what's below your feet, and get down to the earth under you. If you don't own it, man, where are you going? None of us own it. You better damn sight pay for it if you want to stay on it. You or can't. Guess what? I mean, the, the government the still of a gun. The, the the government still requires you every single year to give them rent for the property that you quote unquote own. So yeah, you, we keep paying taxes because we're so stupid we can't get past it. We think we're doing good when all we're doing is feeding the dragon. That yeah. much we're I agree with, although the dragon. I, I, I tend the dragon, but you never see him. Al, uh, I tend to agree with that, although you will see them if you don't pay taxes, because then the sheriff's department will come and throw you out of your house. Uh, but uh, generally, you're right. Uh, I, th- I don't know if I agree that people are stupid. I think they're just ignorant or well, afraid. Well, here's how I got my house, and this is what I want to get to. Every mortgage that was written in the last 10 years is flawed, full of criminal activity. You need to get a lawyer. Buy a lawyer. If you got a $2,000 mortgage, you buy a $400 a month lawyer. You keep your house for two years. Four or five inches of paperwork, the judges throw their hands up and give you your mortgage. Let me tell you what they did to me. I was a builder for 25 years. <clears throat> they slid in front of me a document that called my XYZ company, instead of XYZ construction, and I'm not kidding, this happened. Popular Mortgage Servicing called me XYZ drug dealer. What? Yeah. They slid that document, and guess what happens? I could have had people parachuting through my roof, okay, after signing that because I basically told them. And what they're basically doing is selling homes to drug dealers. I was a builder for 25 years. My jaw hit the table. But being the smart, critical thinker I am, quick on a dime, I said, oh, my God, I just hit the lottery. I just hit the lottery. And I signed those documents. And they tried to hide them, and they sent me new documents saying, please just sign here and return. Well, I didn't. My mortgage was handed to me in 45 minutes, brother. It's an amazing uh, claim, Al. Is there somewhere people can go to learn more about what you're saying? Because it's, in- it's, an- just it's intriguing. Just have your mortgage audited. Go to a lawyer and say, I think the banks are criminals. I want my mortgage audited. Is this audited. like a real estate lawyer? going to cost you to fight for me? You're talking about like a real estate attorney or something like that? Everyone in the country... 
I want everyone who's with who's No, but are you are you suggesting that, that people go to a real estate attorney? I mean, there are a lot of different kinds of lawyers out there. So, is if that- you haven't started that fight with the bank. You need to. Agenda 21 is being shoved down our throat. Al, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate hearing from you tonight at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You know, it seemed, seemed a little conspiratorial. I don't know if uh, what happened to Detroit is part of Agenda 21. I don't know about that. but I do bet with the uh, huge amount of mortgages going through that his uh, claim that you know if you have a $400 attorney uh, you know, pay, peppering them with paper all the time, that at some point or another they'll just give up. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't doubt that at all. Let's go to Steve listening in, uh, to XM Satellite Radio's Extreme Talk in North Carolina. Hey, Steve. Hey, how you doing this evening? What's on your mind tonight? Uh, not much. I, you know, I, I drive a truck cross country, so I get to see every little, you know, every little city there is. And, um, you know, from going state to state, uh, the little farm towns seem to be doing real well. And uh, it, when, <clears throat> when you go into Detroit, yeah, it looks run down, it looks rough. But, I, you know, I've been to some of the bigger cities like New York, uh, you know, Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, you know, the bigger cities, they're the ones that scare me, you know, safety-wise. Mm-hmm. And Detroit is one of the few places uh, I I go to that I actually feel pretty safe parking the truck on the side of the street and sleeping. Why is that? You know, I, 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 you, know you go down there, you don't see many people. You know, the fact that the street lights don't work, you know, you can go to any city and see street lights that don't work. Yeah, but 40% uh, of them? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, Steve, if you want to tell us more, you're welcome to. Just stick with us. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society, the wheel, the printing press, the Internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here tonight, 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves here. Bring up whatever you want. We're talking about Detroit and the fall thereof, the fascinating uh, example of the failure failure of the state, in this case, the state being the city of Detroit. And Detroit was held up as this Fabian socialist mecca. Was it? Back in the uh, 60s, you know, this was this was going to be it. This is the model of how a municipality needs to work. Well, their population uh, dropped drama- has dropped dramatically uh, over the years. In fact, uh, since the 1950s it's come down quite a bit. Uh, it is now the 18th most populated city in the US and it used to be much higher. In fact, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but as I understand it their population was roughly double uh, what it what it is today, uh, fifty years ago, and so they've been losing business, they've been losing population, housing prices have been falling, therefore property taxes just can't keep up with the spending of the city, which, like most city governments and state governments, just can't do the cuts that are necessary to make fiscal sense, uh, and so therefore they're now in a dire uh, emergency budget situation where they're pro- about to go broke. We're listening to your experience uh, being in Detroit. 
Perhaps you've lived in Detroit. Perhaps you've visited Detroit. Maybe you're one of the people who's left Detroit. Maybe uh, you are still there. Whatever your circumstance, if you'd like to comment on their situation, because their situation financially could be happening in your city next or your town. Remember, all government bureaucrats have the same poor incentives when it comes to spending, because, again, they're spending other people's money. So this is not a unique case. That is, Detroit is not a unique case. It's only unique in that it's uh, it's writ larger than the rest of the examples around the country. Uh, you may be, if you're living in Detroit or any place else, <laughs> looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear. That you might you might be out uh, an outdoors enthusiast much quicker than you had hoped if you live in Detroit. <laughs> um, Man Venture Outpost has the name brands when it comes to outdoor gear, and they've got them at prices that you won't be able to find collected in any one place on the internet. Um, they've got Knives and ammunition. Everybody's looking for ammunition right now, and you can get it at the best prices at manventureoutpost.com. Scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment. At manventureoutpost.com, they're they're a family-owned business and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. You know how important that is when you buy online. They've been advertisers with us here at Free Talk Live for over a year and never heard any complaints. Um, you can go get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. Whenever I've ordered from them, I've always gotten my stuff remarkably quick. It's manventureoutpost.com. By the way, I do have the numbers here, population uh, estimates from Detroit censuses or sensi over the years. No. According to wikipedia.org, in the 1950s, in the 50s, it was the highest with 1.8 million people in just the city of Detroit. It is now down to around 700,000, so less than half, significantly less than half of what it once was. Certainly not the only municipality to uh, have dropped precipitously. No, and Steve was on the line, and he is still with us listening uh, in North Carolina to XM Satellite Radio's Extreme Talk. And Steve, you're saying you know, you're a truck driver. You've been through a lot of places. You mentioned Cleveland as a place bigger than Detroit. But in point of fact, the population of Cleveland is about half the size of Detroit. And as I understand it, Cleveland has also been dropping in population due to uh, overregulation and uh, taxation and things like that. Right. Uh, yeah, a lot of it you know, has, has to do with um – the what you know from what I've seen, uh, you know anywhere you have you know large manufacturing areas, um, you know I know Detroit has you know like Chrysler and GM. Uh, when you have those large manufacturing areas, most of the time you have a union um, for their workers. Well, you know when your union uh, starts demanding things and they start to collapse. Um, and the workers aren't satisfied because they've been used to something for a, a long time, you know, they're naturally, they're going to go away. They're going to try to find, you know, they may go to UPS, they may go to, you know, FedEx, another place with another union that's going to satisfy them. I believe uh, FedEx is not unionized, last I heard. Are they not? I believe the last okay. I heard they are not. UPS definitely is yeah. unionized. Yeah. Yeah, UPS, I know they are. But, um, uh, but I mean, that's what I see, you know. Uh, towns, sure, and, uh, and of course, when you when you bring up the unions, I think when they when they collapse, you know, the people are going to collapse too. I think that's certainly a know, factor, but there's obviously more up. to the failure of a city than just the fact that there are unions within it. Uh, but I agree right. with you that unions, when they are given special power and privilege by governmental fiat, are in, you know they can be dangerous. But I support the idea of people getting together if that's what they want to do. I just don't think they should be granted privileges right. it, by in the some government. places. Um, unions, the you know whoever it is that hires whoever has to hire. 
hire particular unionized uh, businesses. And if you don't hire unionized, then the government's going to come after you. And in, in those circumstances, then you're you're providing this cartel, a cartelized situation. And, you know, monopolies, cartels, these things don't work well. Steve, thanks for the call right. and sharing your thoughts tonight. I appreciate it. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Just in the last decade, uh, the population dropped about 25%. In Detroit, going from just over uh, nine hundred fifty thousand to seven to seven hundred thousand, so I mean you're looking at a significant drop in just the last ten years. Eight five five four fifty free. Like the one guy mentioned, it might be a you know for for the right person in the right place, it might be a cheap place to live. Let's go to Chad listening in somewhere Mount Montana. Oh, Kalispell, uh, Miss uh, Chad, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah. Hey, Ian. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Awesome. Okay. Um. After that last call, I got one thing to ask you. How long do you think that you, if we dropped you in, this is really not my call, but if we dropped you in Detroit, how long would you last? Me personally? Does he have clothes yeah, on? really. <laughs> would he have clothes on? Um, he would have clothes, and uh, myself, I wouldn't last very long. I mean, that's not my question. How do you know? Call, have you been to Detroit? Uh, really? I mean, have you guys been to Detroit? That's it's what I was about to ask you. I mean, how how do you know? What's, what's your experience been? Okay. So you walk down the street, people will kill you. Why would they kill you? Um, Because you're just walking down the street. Because Well, the last guy all, said he feels safe okay, there. Okay, okay, okay. I, I got it right now. Here's why. It's because of the the government-run thing on the drugs. Government-run thing on the drugs. You mean yeah, the war exactly. on drugs? Everybody needs to actually watch, like, Netflix. They need to watch, um, what's that one called? It's called Gangland. They, they have seven seasons, and it's just seven seasons of all these gangs. And when you watch it, what are these gangs funded by? Like, seriously, it's like Hell's Angels. It's like is guys this a from documentary like series? Guys or from just a point of clarification, Chad, Guys from all places. Chad, just a point of clarification. Is this a documentary series you're talking about or a fictional program? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, not, trying, I'm not trying to run up my own. No, Gangland on okay. Netflix. Right. It, and I'm just asking it, you as to whether or not it's a documentary. Is it the 2007 documentary show from the History Channel? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. But what everybody needs to watch is if anybody doesn't think that that the war on drugs isn't like hurting people or we're not funding these people, you watch that. Watch Chad, I'm with you, man. The war on drugs is terribly destructive. I thank episode. you for the call tonight. I don't, I don't know if I have time for uh, 87 episodes, but thank you for the call at 855-450-FREE. I'm sure it's persuasive, uh, entertaining, and uh, useful tel- uh, television programming. Uh, but, I like the stuff from the History Channel. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's great. Um, but And I already know that the war on drugs is bad, and I know that the war on drugs is destructive. And hopefully a lot of our listeners are aware of this. If they're not, there are, are a lot of great resources out there to teach you about this. But fact is, the war on drugs exists in every city across America. Uh, Detroit is... To some extent across the world, the United States yes. uh, you know, puts a lot of pressure on foreign countries to... And gives them a lot of money to do it, um, and builds up their military and their police forces in the process, and, and many countries, these things are corrupt agencies, um, even more so than they are just sort of by their very nature. You can bring up anything. Bill is in Hampton, Virginia, Hampton Roads, uh, to uh, listening to WNIS. 
Yes, this is Bill. How you doing? Hey, Bill. What's on your mind? Uh, I've got a question for you. How many bills has President Obama signed? Dude? Look, oh. you got to look at that compared to... Hold that what's thought. We're going to talk about it here in a moment if you want. 855-453. You can take control of the airwaves. 1-855-450-3733. And you can bring up anything you want. It's live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. All you have to do, dial in toll-free, 855-453. That toll-free number is brought to you by SACL CAI. SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. Uh, if you have a business and you got into your business in order to do that business and not handle the billing and accounts receivable and all that paperwork and those kind of things, SACL CAI can handle it for you. And they can do it in a manner that uh, treats your clients with respect. They know that not only do you need to collect your money on billing, but you need to keep your clients too. SACL CAI. Um, you can uh, see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. SACL CAI. All right. So we'll continue here with your calls, your thoughts. Also, you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you a lot of features there. And they're all for free. However, if you'd like to support Free Talk Live, you may become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as $3 per month. And we'll take that 3 bucks in and we will invest it into Free Talk Live, getting on more radio stations around the country. In fact, Mark, you and I just got back yesterday, late, late, uh, well, I guess late Thursday, early yesterday, got back from New York City. As we were at the talk radio uh, convention put on by Talkers Magazine, I went into a little bit of detail about this last night. But ultimately, it's a great opportunity for you and I because it gets Free Talk Live and uh, the hosts thereof in front of the radio industry decision makers and the big wigs. And uh, I got to be on the Talk Rumble panel this year where it was me versus nine other uh, talk show hosts from across the business uh, from left to right. And so it was pretty interesting finally putting a pro-liberty perspective for the first time ever up on that particular stage. And it's our Free Talk Live amplifiers that are Even responsible. Even if it is, you're hobbled. Uh, opinion as opposed to mine. Uh, right, I know you're you're very superior, Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the, the, it's the Free Talk Live amplifiers that make this possible for us. They make attending these industry conventions possible. They make advertising the show possible, marketing Free Talk Live to more radio stations, so we can get the ideas of freedom put out there uh, more consistently and uh, in more places. So you can go become an amplifier if you'd like. It makes a big difference for us, and you get perks like access to the Amp Only call-in lines, Amp Only podcast, uh, the Amp Only forum, and more. Go get the details. Get signed up over at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. As we go back to Bill listening in Virginia to WNIS. Now, Bill, you had just barely had time to get your uh, your first question out a moment ago. Okay. Go ahead. President Obama wants to return this economy around. All he's got to do is say one sentence. I will not seek re-election. Why would that turn the economy around? What do you think about that? I'm asking you, why would that turn the economy around? Hello, Bill in Virginia. Bill going once, 
Bill going twice. I'm taking it he either hung up or went into a bad cell. Bill? All right, something's wrong. Bill, give us a call back later on uh, if you have a uh, problem with your phone. I don't know what's going on there. But uh, the idea, the suggestion being that uh, it's all Obama's fault. The economy's uh, bad and just get rid of Obama and everything is going to be turned around. What do you think, Mark? Um, I think that under Clinton, um, we had you know a Democratic president who had introduced uh, the largest increase in uh, you know the invasiveness of government into medicine at the time. They were unsuccessful, but uh, you know the the Republicans were all worried about you know the future of of America under Clinton, and you know these these kind of things seem to come up a great deal when you have Democratic presidents. And I don't you know the economy was great under Clinton. I think that the economy is what it is, and the government is this uh, this parasitical force. And whether you have a Democrat or Republican in office, you have those things occur. I mean, the economy went south under Bush. I'm not saying it's Bush's fault, and I'm not saying it's the Republicans' fault. I'm saying it's government spending. Under Bush, government spending increased. Under Reagan, government spending increased. Under every Republican in my lifetime, under every Democrat in my lifetime, the government spending has increased. Mark, don't worry. Mitt Romney's going to get it all under control. That's right. Mitt Romney's going to get it under control. He will save us. He will save us. I, I color me uh, skeptical. I, you know, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you believe that one, I've got a bridge to sell you. Really? You think it's one man? You think it's one man? Oh, I think one man can make a huge difference in the economy. I just don't think either Barack Obama or Mitt Romney are those men. Even if Ron Paul were elected, he'd have a huge effect on the economy. How is that exactly? He, he would pare down government enforcement and he government could, spending. He could, you know, veto half some of the bills. problem. Half of the problem is enforcement of these terrible regulations, uh, these the sort of blanket regulations on businesses. I'm not saying there's not good regulations out there, but uh, I think that these things could be done through sure, certifications my, and that kind of my thing. My point being, he doesn't get to just walk in and abolish the IRS his first day in office. I mean, there's, there's, it's there's he a can process. pardon everybody on the docket. Everybody who gets an IRS case brought against him, he can pardon them immediately. He very well could. Has he one promised man he would can do make that? a difference? I didn't don't know what he's. I haven't okay. look. All I'm saying yeah. is one man can make a difference. And I get Ron what Paul you're would make a much larger difference than Mitt Romney or Barack Obama. But that wasn't the point I was. Four making, years. Mark. I don't know the, if that's the point. Enough. That was not the point I was making. The point I was making was not that one man couldn't go in and change things somewhat. Like he could bring the troops home, and that would be a pretty pretty big deal. Like Ron Paul could make a difference. But what I was saying was the idea that it was one man's fault that we have a bad economy is absolutely ridiculous. No, it's a parasitical class. It is the um, you know there's there's the productive class and the parasite class, and to some extent, to some extent, everybody who works for the government is part of it. But there are many right. people that do things that are you know important: teachers, firemen, uh, police officers. I am a fireman, um, and people who do you know, garbage collectors. All these people do it. They just do it outside of the realm of uh, voluntary interaction. The size and scope of the thing we call the state. This idea, this terrible idea. The size and scope of it has increased over the years president after president after president regardless of what political party that they're a part of and so to point to one man in the past and say oh it's his fault is 
ridiculous. It is not. Well, it's not know. living in reality, and it is not one man's fault. It is several men's uh, fault and women and uh, all you know manner of these folks over years, over several you know different generations. It didn't all happen within the last five years. It was a long time coming. You can tra- trace it all the way back to uh, Abraham Lincoln and the Civil War, if you further. want to. You can go back further if you want. But I mean, there's some real milestones back there. Of course, you got the income tax in 1913, uh, and there's all kinds of uh, examples of the Federal Reserve being created to debase the, uh, the, the value from the money supply in this country. I mean, there's all kinds of things that led to the economy crashing. Well, and, and, Not uh, Obama. Uh, well, agreed. But he didn't help it. In, in defense of the caller, if there's a defense, if, some, if people perceived, if a large enough percentage of the population perceived that Obama was the problem and would therefore start spending um, you know, in this Keynesian model we have where debt is – uh, you know, life to the system. And by the way, debt is death. I mean, you know, at some point or another, you're going to run out of money. In mm-hmm. 2005, Americans spent more money than they made. Uh, but, you know, if for whatever reason people started, you know, racking up the credit cards as soon as Obama was off, uh, was out of there, then yeah, that would re- breathe some life into the economy. Right. But uh, Barack Obama it, inevitably, tomorrow, it's going to fail, though. Barack Obama saying tomorrow that he's not going to run again, is not going to do anything to bring the economy back because whoever it is that runs in his place, whichever Democrat and whoever it is that runs on the Republican side, it's probably going to be Mitt Romney, is uh, you know not going to fix anything. Let's go back to Bill. He is back with us here. For, uh, final thoughts here. Bill, go ahead. Yes. What I'm saying is you kind of, Congress is part of Congress is far right, part of it's far left. Obama's not going to get much through. Mitt Romney's not going to get much through unless Congress comes together. Is Mitt Romney and, uh, uh, left or right, in your opinion? What is Mitt Romney? I would say he's more right, even though he's kind of pretending to be left. I think he's more right. But I don't, I, I, I'm sure the way the economy's going down, I have a feeling he's going to beat Obama. What makes you but think that I'm, he won't uh, get things through the Congress? Because you've got a split Congress in here in, in, in the United States, and as long as you've got that split Congress, then it's like a 50, 50, 50 uh, Republicans, 50 Democrats, for an example. They're not going to come together. But and under- the thing is, 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 you know as well as I do, the middle class and the lower class are being taxed. Everything you do is being taxed. Well, everybody's being taxed. Rich people, people are, that are rich. Far rich, the millionaire, multimillionaires, the billionaires. There's a lady that owns a company that was in the paper not too long ago, national company. She didn't pay one. She's a billionaire. Well, the, the, the rich people taxes. definitely have the attorneys and the know-how that it takes to avoid a lot of taxes so, that poor people so can't avoid. That's true. So you're saying you're, so you're saying the tax laws are not equal. They're they're some for the rich, and some for the poor. I don't know if I was saying that. I think okay. that uh, you, 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 you. Okay, let's say this: you're you're not in management, correct? Actually, I own my own business. Okay, let's say you didn't. Know. Let's say you're right here. Um, okay. You're a bulldozer operator. For saying, I don't know John if we have time company. for your example. You've got like twenty seconds. You, you're not going to make the money. He's going to make the money, and you're going to be paying the tax. You're That's true. Poor people are. are you abs- Bill, you're absolutely right. Poor people are disproportionately, disproportionately affected by taxes out there. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate your thoughts. That's absolutely the case uh, because rich people have lobbyists and they have lawyers. Many poor people don't pay income tax at all. Eight five five four fifty three doesn't matter. They are affected by taxes more than anybody else. There's more coming up. Hour three's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. 
empower yourself by trading with value. Visit DontTreadOnMeme.com. Browse their unique silver dime trading cards and get all your favorite designs. Gift them, keep them, or trade them for something else. They're real value in a convenient package and a tool that you can use to spread the word about honest money and how it sets us free. While you're at it, check out their quality apparel. You'll want to be the first of your friends to get their clever graphics on you. Don't tread on meme. That's don't tread on M-E-M-E dot com. is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Here with you tonight is Ian. And Mark. And don't forget, you can join us over at freetalklive.com. The features of the site we give away, and like those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for their sites, uh, you can enjoy a lot of the same stuff you'll get on their websites for free, like the webcam, for instance, archives, podcasts, live streams. It's all there free freetalklive.com plus you can get interactive in various different ways including creating the content of the site itself by submitting different items to it you find something online you think is interesting you submit it as show prep at freetalklive.com then other listeners can vote on it and the most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the site so you can see what's important to free talk live listeners when you go to freetalklive.com and of course we'll go to you and your thoughts coming up we get a chance breastfeeding it's in the news again and uh well Generally, people have strong opinions about that particular subject. Uh, But first, we go back to the phones and the fun. You and your thoughts are welcome. We've been talking about the decline of Detroit uh, pretty much as the overarching theme throughout the night here tonight. Let's go to Amos listening in Charleston, West Virginia, to WVTS. Hey, Amos. Amos in Charleston. Going once. Amos in Charleston. Going twice. Maybe Amos is in a bad cell. I'm going to put him on hold. We're going to try Dan in Little Rock in the meantime, listening to XM Satellite Radio. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Dan, going once. Maybe something's wrong on our side. (laughs) It has that sound to it, doesn't it? Perhaps the uh, board operator has fallen asleep, or uh, I don't know what's going on. Nope, he has not fallen asleep, so something's screwy. Uh, So hang on, Dan. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line. I don't think there's much more to say about Detroit at this point. I know that uh, some of our our listeners had some more comments. They're in dire straits. They're going to run out of cash. They may be able to make payroll at the end of this coming week, but if the uh, the lawsuit situation doesn't clear clear up between them and the state government, they're they're broke. Then what? What happens after a city goes broke? Well, according to the agreement that they signed with the state of uh, Michigan, basically Michigan comes in and takes total control. Essentially, they've signed this agreement to stave off that from happening. Talk they, about a liability. I mean, you know, they're inheriting uh, not an asset, but a liability when it comes to uh, Detroit. Maybe they'll cut some programs or something like that and, you know, lean down the the operation. But, well, that's what's going to have to happen. I mean, when the state takes over, they're going to bring in what they call an emergency manager. And that is essentially going to be, you know, the consultant who's going to come in and presumably hack and slash because the one thing the consultant is not going to be able to do is come in and raise taxes on the people of Detroit. That's just not going to cut it. That's not going to solve their problems. Yeah, but that's all they can do is either cut spending or raise taxes. That's really all they can do. And the, the raise taxes is not really an option at this point. The cities can only go so far with that because unlike the federal government, they cities can't print the money. Can't print it exactly. So there is a ceiling for the city and the state. They are restricted 
to some extent financially. And they're going to push it to the bitter, the bitter, bitter end. And that's what we're seeing happening with uh, the Detroit situation. Because they've got no responsibility for the situation. That's why they're going to push it to the bitter end. That's right. Yeah. I mean, if, if the bureaucrats in Detroit renege on their agreement with the state, which is what it sounds like uh, they're doing, uh, if they end up having to bring this emergency manager in and essentially displace the mayor and displace the, uh, the you know the city council, uh, basically pull all the power away from them, that, that would be the state government doing that then those people aren't going to be brought up on charges. They're not going to be held liable for decimating this or you know, being part of the decimation of the city because it wasn't just them. They're just the current bureaucrats who are in kind of like we were talking about how it's not just Obama's fault that uh, the economy is bad. In the same way, it's not just the current city council that blew it for Detroit. <laughs> city council after city council after city council has been blowing it uh, in Detroit. And so this is just the current iteration of them. None of those city councilors in the past days have been held responsible for uh, destroying the city with their regular and their controls, and the same way, uh, same thing is true of these city councilors and this mayor. They're just going to be out there. I mean, they're going to no longer have their positions of power, so it'll be a bummer to them uh, because they won't be able to wield the influence that they currently wield and reward their friends and punish their enemies like all politicians do. So they'll be hurting from that perspective, but they won't be hurting in that they'll be liable from some lawsuit or any kind of a legal perspective for their actions. Now they've got uh, sovereign immunity or qualified immunity, depending on the, the circumstance, and it's nearly impossible to uh, hold some government agent account for their for their actions while working so your thoughts are welcome if you want to make, uh, make the call here you can also bring up anything you want at toll-free number 855-450-FREE according to wcco in minneapolis a cbs radio station reporting on a minneapolis mom speaking out after a security guard told her to leave the library because she was breastfeeding in public it happened recently at Minneapolis Central Library, but Minnesota law says a mother may breastfeed in any location, public or private. Hennepin County Security says it's turning this example into a teachable moment for its employees. Mother Hadley Barrow said she considers nursing a privilege, although she doesn't admit or she does admit that it isn't always easy. She says there are enough obstacles to nursing as it is without having people make you feel like a criminal for doing it. According to Barrow, she was nursing her son on a bench in the atrium of Minneapolis Central Library, trying to be discreet when a contract security officer approached her. He said, I was either going to have to take it outside or go into the bathroom. He said, <laughs> he said you're not even covered up. You're just showing everyone indecent exposure as though there's anything at all that is indecent about nakedness, as though there's something that is wrong with the human body not only just the human body, but in this case, a biological function of the human body. One that I wouldn't want to necessarily do in the bathroom. Um, you know, so this is a this is an issue whose time has come. Um, the you know things are changing. We since we've been doing the show for ten years, I can say that my my opinion on this subject has changed, and I think that it's because sensibilities are changing. Uh, breastfeeding is becoming much more popular, and people are finding out that uh, mother's milk is best. So, uh, you know, uh, just sensibilities are changing on the subject. I would suggest that one is going to find fewer problems if one is discreet. And by discreet, I mean, you know, it's it's relatively easy. I, I've seen women breastfeeding where you can't tell they're breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you don't even know that it's happening uh, unless you happen to look right there and, and, and really figure out what's going on. But yep. you can't see a boob. So, you know. I, so what if you can? 
Right. Well, that's your opinion. Yeah. Uh, what I'm saying is, is that different people are going to have different sensibilities about this. If you want to do activist breastfeeding, expect activist breastfeeding feeding problems. If you want to breastfeed and uh, you know just breastfeed your kid, you're not looking for the activism surrounding it. Mm-hmm. There are ways to be discreet, and I'm certain that every woman that has attempted to be discreet knows what those ways are. Now, I can't speak to whether or not this woman is being an act is an, a breastfeeding activist, acting like somebody who's not a breast feeding activist i don't know i don't know but you know if you just pull your shirt off and breastfeed your kid that way ian you don't have a problem with that right why would i right i'm just just making sure why would anyone i've just got your opinion nailed down here yeah well why would anyone some people do and you know because they're uppity about people being nude and i say i have to ask what's the big deal it, I really, it seems to be coming from this Puritan past that this country used to have. Uh, everybody sees themselves naked in the mirror. It's not like nudity is unfamiliar to us. And plenty of people have seen uh, nudity throughout their lives at various different times. Why the, the craziness about it? Why are people so upset over a mom having a breast out? And uh, and feeding her child, it just doesn't make sense to me. I've got to say that it makes me uncomfortable. I mean, I've spent a certain amount, I've I've spent a certain amount of my life trying to find to see boobs, and then in this circumstance, I can't because the it's baby's weird, in the way because it's weird to look. Oh, I see. Like, so if I just sit you're there, a lecher, if, you're, if, if right. I just sit there and watch the show, as it were, <laughs> you know, like that's strange behavior. So, I mean, oh, I, you'd be sitting in the library in this case. You could just be, you know, the this, creepy was the, or something. this would be the atrium. So I'd yeah. have to get in the opposing uh, park bench and yeah. just, you know, take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I guess one point that I would like to make is if you're going to be an activist around breastfeeding, then, hey, you know, maybe some kooks are going to follow you around the There's cameras, too. There's that possibility, too. for sure. And I think that the kooks have the, as much right to take their pictures as you have the right Absolutely. to breast, breastfeed your kid. Absolutely. If you're walking so, down the street with your, uh, you know, whatever hanging out, then somebody can take a picture yeah, of it. Bizarre, aberrant behavior. And I'm not calling breastfeeding bizarre, aberrant behavior, but some people would. Bizarre, aberrant behavior is going to have consequences. What I think is bizarre, aberrant behavior is freaking out about somebody's breasts being exposed. 855-450-FREE. What are you so afraid of? Is it the children? Or is it something about oh, don't you? Don't the children breathe, feed on the breasts? Right, but yeah, you know, the idea that your children might see it somehow is a bad idea. Or is it more about your own insecurity? Something wrong with you and you're just projecting? 855-450-FREE. Your thoughts about breastfeeding in public or breasts in general? Free Talk Live. Get 18,000 radio stations from around the world. Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 tunes. With C Crane's CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. It's great in any room of the house. You can listen to your favorite station stream from back home, whether it's another state or another country. Play Free Talk Live's live streams, lrn.fm, or your favorite stations. If you're not familiar with the C Crane company, their products are the best. Get the CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio at ccrane.com, ccrane.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here, 855-453-SACL-CAI. Toll-free line, one 450 3733 You can join us 
on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that you will find there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. Those features include listening options. We have broadband, midband, and narrowband streams, different sizes for different internet connection speeds. They are all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. You can get the list of over 100 great radio stations that air the show as well on AM and FM across the country. Our XM satellite radio stations, you can learn about those. And our free-to-air KU band channel, the webcam, and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance, plus our archives and more. All of it over at listen.freetalklive.com. It's all free. Get tuned in. Listen.freetalklive.com. Dot com. Mark, tell me about Bitcoins. Bitcoins are uh, an, inter- an internet currency, uh, a money that you can use uh, on the internet and you, know, you can buy and sell things. There are no fees with them. And that's one of the real you know, problems with buying and selling things on the internet is the, the fees. Somebody's always inserting themselves in your process. With bitcoins, you're sending the money directly to somebody else and you don't have to get any permission from any bank or governmental agency. There's no contracts to sign, no terms of service that you've got to abide by. You can download the free software and be using it in just a few minutes. And it's potentially anonymous, too, if you, depending on how you set, your, uh, set up your usage. Now, thanks to BitInstant.com, you can have Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. You can buy your Bitcoins with cash by visiting BitInstant.com. It's BitInstant.com. We are discussing breasts in public, specifically breastfeeding in public, but also just in general the idea of people being upset at ladies showing their breasts. Because... There's nothing wrong in most places as far as illegality is concerned with men, especially overweight men showing their breasts. That's completely legal. It, you know, whether that makes you uncomfortable or not is another question, but no cop is likely going to bother a male for being, you know, walking in the park with his shirt off. That's Can't go to some restaurants. That's private property, Mark, and people can set whatever rules they want to. No, no, there's, there's government property. rules about, uh, you know, being uh, shirtless in, in businesses. Okay, I know that you keep telling me that, Mark, but as a uh, as a restaurateur, I can set whatever rules I want to in my business. If I want to require you to wear a red shirt before you can come into my business, I should be able to do that. I, I think you should be able to do that. I don't know if you're going to be able to pull that off. You're likely to have some big fat lawsuit on your. So, uh, is, yeah. so is all right to wear a tank top then into a into a restaurant? Yes. So that so what's the per- the point of the government rule then? Uh, I don't know. Whatever the point is that they made it. I, yeah, what's I the point know. of any government rule? Oh, right. I'm just curious. I mean, where did that one come from? Because the idea is to like prevent someone from having dead skin fall off onto food or something like that. I mean, what what is the purpose of having a shirt on inside? I, it's it's always seemed to me just that you know business owners have certain expectations as far as what uh, people's dress code is, and certainly there are certain some restaurants that won't allow you in if you don't have the right look. You know, there are clubs that won't allow you in if you don't have uh, the right look. And Those are all true statements, yeah. but uh, d- don't doubt for a second that there are rules on okay. uh, p- places that prov- uh, I'll you know, take your sell word food. for it, Mark, but it's certainly not a federal law, and so there are probably different rules in different places. Uh, it might very us. well be a federal you law. You don't know, don't though, know. do you? I don't know. Okay. So maybe if you Strange are actually that working— all the restaurants have the same rules, though, right? Maybe if you work in the restaurant industry, you can enlighten us on this particular matter, because Mark had been claiming that for a long time, and I've always doubted its, uh, its veracity. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. But what happened in this case was not a restaurant. It was the public library where a lady was uh, breastfeeding in the atrium in Minneapolis, their central library. She says she was trying to be discreet, but a security officer disagreed. He approached her and told her, hey, you're not even covered up. You're just showing everyone indecent exposure, he says. 
Now, Ms. Barrows says she immediately went into, uh, went to a librarian who told her to move somewhere more private. According to the county security manager, the security officer later found a county police officer who explained the law to him. The county officer had told him that she didn't need to move and that she could breastfeed wherever she needed to. Barrows says she was never directly told that she could set, uh, that she could stay. She says, I left so mad. Hennepin County Security says it's trying to use this incident as a teachable moment, which Barrows says she appreciates. Uh, she did point out one of the ironies of the teachable moment. She says you think the library is a uh, you think of it as a place of knowledge, and even in the library, they don't know that it's okay to nurse your kid in public. How can anyone know all the laws? They can't. How can anyone? Not even the I enforcers. Mean, can this know. should be you know the only way you're going to know the rules is if if your you know company gets to set them. And I think companies should be able to set the rules as to what they you know think is appropriate and inappropriate behavior inside of their um, you know their area. I think that private that uh, libraries should be private and their rules should be sacrosanct on their property. Fine. If they don't want people breastfeeding in their property, fine. I mean libraries are already becoming so disconnected from the American public Mm -hmm. that they are soon going to be anachronisms, in my opinion. But, you know, whatever. If they want to make it that much more difficult, uh, you know, some guy who, uh, some wannabe cop fellow who, you know, just (laughs) wants to go hassling uh, breastfeeding moms, fine. I don't care. Libraries, in my opinion, are already anachronisms. I went into the state library uh, a few months ago here in New Hampshire, and it was like walking into 1980. I mean, the, the computers... They still had those old, ancient monitors for their computers, Mm -hmm. CRT, cathode ray tube monitors. Uh, They actually were running Windows on uh, some of the computers, but, you know, it was old. It just looked – it looked – old and decrepit and uh, they still had those you know like ancient uh, yellow and black colored software, the monochrome kind of library lookup software. You remember that stuff, right, from back in the library? Like DOS? Yeah, it kind of has that look to it. Okay. Except it's it's yellow instead of white, just really old. And uh, you walk in and they're showing off all their newspapers and magazines that uh, that they have <laughs> up there by the front. And of course, instead anybody- of letting you check out an iPad and uh, browse through, you know, hundreds of thousands of publications or whatever. Right. So, uh, your thoughts are certainly welcome on breastfeeding or nudity in public. You can also bring up anything as you will as we go to James and Chris in Florida. James, uh, you're on Free Talk Live and Chris. Hello. Hey, how you doing, Anna Mark? Hey, hey, what's on your mind tonight? This is James Cox and Chris LaRue. We were uh, arrested on uh, Thursday. Oh, no. Chris went in to, yeah, 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 we were. Chris went in. He's going to tell you the story, and then I'll tell you what part I played in it and why I was arrested. Okay. Um, Where I'll, was I'll this? Chris. Uh, this was at the uh, 49th Street uh, Criminal Center, the, uh, the courthouse there. I call them criminals because, as we know, the guy in the dress and the and the goons in the costumes mm-hmm. with the signs and the guns—they are criminals. They're thugs. Yeah. Um, Chris was defending himself or trying to defend himself, and he was doing a pretty good job, I thought, with the motions. And uh, it was a uh, camera ticket, a headlight camera ticket. So uh, Chris is on the line with me right now, and uh, Chris, just tell him. So Chris- yeah. Okay. So you know, I had a camera ticket. And uh, I went in to try and defend myself. It originally had went to the wrong, the notice had went to the wrong address because I posed the national ID card, the Hitler card there. And uh, so they didn't have my current address. And so uh, I found out about it a little bit late. I had to pay a fee. Anyway, I'm off track. So the but, purpose of going so uh, was to challenge, you wanted to challenge this uh, red light ticket. You wanted to have your, your day in court for the red light ticket. 
Yes, sir. And uh, so, you know, I right away I uh, I was uh, motioning for a jury trial, mm-hmm. according to my right under the Seventh Amendment. But they didn't like that. Wait, now hold on a second. Now, right, that's probably not going to go anywhere because generally they exclude traffic tickets from jury trials. So I'm interested to hear what happened. You're welcome to stick with us and tell the rest of your story, James and Chris. 855-450-FREE. Apparently both of them arrested inside or nearby the courthouse. We'll get more details on that and also take your calls about what you want. Still time for that at 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves. Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll free, bring up what you want here. Live Saturday edition of the show, 855-453. The SACL CAI toll free line, 1-855-450-3733. And here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. You can get interactive in various different ways. One of them is our webcam. You can watch, listen, and interact with other Free Talk Live listeners because the uh, chat room is built into the same page as the cam. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. It's free. That's cam.freetalklive.com. And coming up in about eight, nine days, just over a week from now, the Porcupine Freedom Festival 2012 kicks off. It's happening Monday the 18th through Sunday the 24th. And you can join hundreds of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people, people that understand what the ideas of freedom are all about, and who are willing to do something about it. Many of them have already made the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, as, Mark, you and I have done. Mm -hmm. Over a 1,000 have made the move here, and many of those 1,000 will be at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. But more importantly, a bunch of people who have not come to New Hampshire yet, who have not yet made the move, whether they are or are not yet Free State Project participants, are going to be in attendance as well. Usually about half the crowd is brand new to Porkfest, that it's it's their first year there. So uh, if you haven't yet made it up to New Hampshire, this is a perfect opportunity to get to know some of the people who could be your friends and neighbors for the future, because this is a lifetime project. It's Free State Project. The idea is to gather as many liberty-minded people all in the same place and have them get active so we can actually have a chance at achieving liberty in our lifetime. It's already working. Over 1,000 people are already here. We've got over 12,000 people that are pledged to go, and you're going to get to meet a bunch of those people if you come to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Even if you can just make it for a few days, come on up. It is well worth your while, well worth the effort. There's going to be a whole lot happening, everything from fun family activities to more adult-style parties like the big, uh, bigger gay dance party. Bigger, gayer dance party, excuse me, happening uh, this year. Uh, plus, we've got you know standard camping style activities like campfires. Uh, there's of course going to be musical performances, comedians. There are going to be uh, there's going to be a roast. There's going to be a number of different uh, events happening, and of course, free talk live and a number of other LRN.FM programs will be broadcasting live from the event. So uh, you'll be able to uh, interact with all kinds of interesting people. Head over to porkfest.com, p o r c f e s t.com, porkfest.com. 
to get registered. It's 35 bucks for the entire week. Plus, of course, whatever you're going to pay for the campsite, which which you can split with other campers and therefore save even more money. And uh, once again, that's Porkfest, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T, Porkfest.com. As we go back to James and Chris, who are unfortunately, it looks like they've been arrested out uh, outside or nearby or inside a courthouse. We haven't gotten quite to the arrest par- portion of the story yet. But Chris, you were telling us that, and you guys are down in the Tampa area, uh, you were telling I us... Think we just, I think we just lost Chris. I mean, I could try and dial him back in. He was on my phone with me. Okay, well, maybe, James, you could tell us uh, the story since you were there, uh, okay. you, and you were also was, arrested, apparently. It was, it was inside the courtroom. It was inside the courtroom uh, that it happened. Chris basically tried to make a motion to dismiss. Uh, he had, a, he had a, a lot of motions to dismiss. And then when he got to the Seventh Amendment motion, the, uh, this alleged judge basically said, uh, that doesn't p- pertain to this. And, he, and basically, Chris was saying, well, obviously, uh, you don't know this. You know, Constitution does apply. The Seventh Amendment does apply. He, he was trying to get a civil. jury trial just to bring our listeners up to speed. Might just be tuning in. He had a motion no, he, for he, a jury he, trial. He wanted to get this dismissed. You know, he just he just wanted to walk out of there. We never went in there with intent or malice to disrupt the court or anything. We just he just wanted to be heard, and he wanted to have this bill of attainer because that's what it is. This bill of attainer which is what the, um, you know, the Americans fought the British over in 1776 to be dropped and just, you know... And it was a red light there. ticket is what, uh, what he was dealing with there. So basically... Uh, it's a red light ticket. Yeah, so basically the ticket. judge refused to allow any sort of a jury trial. He said the Seventh Amendment doesn't apply. Uh, he, was and, refusing, he, was, he was refusing the motions, every single motion that came up. And so Chris, Chris said to him, he said, you know, and he, you know, he, was, he, was, you know the, he said to him, he said, are you a real judge? And, of course, the judge said, no, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he said, you're not a real judge, are you? And by this time, three, it was like a coup d'etat happened in the, in, in, in the courtroom. There was still a conversation going on between Chris and the judge, but these three thugs, these three uh, Pinellas County uh, officers came forward. Uh, one had actually come forward before the other two, and then this guy just grabbed him, wrenched his arm up the back of, of, of his back, Okay. Like almost lifted him off the floor and pushed him through two sets of doors out of the courthouse. I was audio recording at the time. I wasn't video recording. Mm. Pushed him out almost through a second-story uh, window. And as I walked out through those doors behind, I grabbed my camera, which is a Sony bloggy, out. I flipped the lens up and started to you know try and record. I was like panicking. I've got to get this on video. My, my friend's being assaulted by mm. this thug. And the other two cops were there. The audio recording was still was still running. I was recording, and uh, you know this guy was like literally laying into Chris, assaulting him. And he's like, "Get off me! You're assaulting me! Leave me alone! Leave me alone! I've done nothing wrong. This is free, you know, this is free speech. Leave me alone!" Type of thing. So uh, eventually, this sergeant at arms told me, "You can't record in in in, in the uh, in the in the courtroom." I said, "I'm not in the courtroom." I said, "By the way, there is no expectation of privacy while you're out in public." And the court, the federal court, has actually ruled that you can record officers, right? Yeah, yeah, so that's true. At, at, this, at this point, um, you know, he's telling me I can't record, and then Chris said, "I want to, I want to press, I, I, I want to uh, um, make a complaint about him. He's assaulted me." So he said, "Come down to my office." There was still some kind of discussion, and I'm, I'm still recording. And so hang on, so we go to, the cop, the cop that uh, assaulted him, told him to come down to his office. No, the sergeant at arms. Okay, it, it wasn't. It was a sergeant that told us to go down to his office to 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 make this right. So me and Chris are going, and then there's there's cops following us, 
and we're going down. So at this point, you uh, could have walked out, right? Like you could have been like, yeah, we're not going to no, file this no, report. No, no, no. Explain to you what happened. They were following us regardless. Mm-hmm. So um, I, w- I was still recording because, you know, I know all these thugs are. And um, he said, you can't record in the courthouse in the, in the courthouse because there's an administrative order saying that you can't do it, right? So anyway, it's recording, by the way, everybody, is free speech. And if there's no free speech in the courthouse, that's where battles are done, then it is total tyranny that yes, we sir. are under. And it is total right. tyranny. I mean, you know, how, if, you can't, if you don't have freedom of the press, and that's essentially what you've got with re- being able to record and in the don't. courthouse, and that's where the decisions right. are made, then yep. you don't have freedom of the press. Yeah, that's Period. Right. End of story. That's how it is here. They, so they'll we, arrest we, anybody for recording in the, uh, the courthouse. But uh, go yeah. ahead. Get on, get on the escalator, down one set, down two. There's still a discussion going on. It's a little bit heated. We get to the bottom into the lobby where there's no, none of their cameras. And all of a sudden, the sergeant says, I'm taking that camera. And I says, no, you're not. And he grabbed it. Oh and I had, because when Chris was up there, I had his nook. He took the nook to read while he was in there and some papers. And he grabbed my arm and wrenched the camera out of my hand. As it did, I dropped his nook on the floor, right? Mm-hmm. So these officers came forward to get me. Chris, in the panic that the officers were going to stand on his nook, went to retrieve it. And he grabbed him and put him in cuffs. And they, they, they basically, wow. I, I didn't resist it. I didn't resist at all. They took the camera off me. I was, you know, I was peaceful. Chris wasn't resisting. But they were, like, throwing him around. They put cuffs on him. They dragged Jeez. him down the hallway. You know, it was pretty brutal, right? So um, they sat me on this bench. They took him to this room. And apparently what Chris said was that, that you know, he's complaining about, like, the, you know, his arm was aching. Sure. His arm was hurting. And, um they, they, a woman that like stripped him, took photographs of him. He, he felt violated. I bet then, he did. Um, and then uh, basically they they took us, they put us in a paddy wagon <laughs> and took us over, and we were processed in jail. And which, like later on, his girlfriend uh, both bailed us out. And what charges are you facing now? Now you've got me uh, resisting arrest <laughs> without violence. And the arrest was for what? Any, did they even bother to charge you with anything for the actual original arrest? Uh, it just says on my charge sheet that uh, mine says that I don't know what Chris has said. I didn't. I didn't read it, but mine says that uh, uh, you know I was I was videotaping. Um, I was I, I was videotaping in the uh, in, in the in the courthouse. Uh, with, but there's no with, other charge. All you have is the one resisting arrest charge. That's what it says on my charge. James, yeah. hold that thought. Uh, there's a little bit more I think we need to discuss here. 855-450-FREE. Just make sure we're clear. James was arrested and charged with resisting arrest. How is that even possible except in this insane legal land world? How can you be arrested for nothing and charged with a resisting arrest during an arrest for which you're being arrested for nothing? 855-450-FREE. You can take control here. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free 
Talk Live. Moments remain, but enough time perhaps for you and your thoughts here at 855-453. If you get the call in now, we might be able to get you in. If we don't, don't worry about it. We do this thing seven nights per week. In fact, Mark, you'll be joining uh, Stephanie on the Sunday edition tomorrow night. That's correct. So uh, plenty more time, three hour, three hours a night, every single night of the week, Eastern Time, 7 to 10 o'clock at night. You can join us uh, online, of course, as well over at freetalklive.com. So there's always more time for you on Free Talk Live if you want to make the call. 855-450-FREE. You can also, of course, join us online and support the show if you want by going to promote.freetalklive.com. That's where you can get instructions on how to get a free bumper sticker. And uh, you can also get uh, web da- uh, like you can get banners you can use on your website, high-res graphics you can use to make whatever you want. High-res stuff. Yep. And uh, flyers you can download, print out, and more. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. As we go back to James listening in Florida, James, uh, as we uh, continue to uh, tell your story and wrap it up, I think uh, where you and uh, a friend or fellow activist Chris had gone to the Pinellas County Courthouse to challenge a red light ticket, thinking this was just going to be a routine, uh, you know, I guess, court appearance. Uh, I I I have Chris back with us. My charges are resisting officer without violence it's under florida statute a four three zip point zero two and chris i'd like i'd like chris to say something right now about you know what what his thoughts well, are Well, just real quick i just wanted to bring our listeners up to speed who might just be tuning in uh you guys were in the courtroom you were attempting to make a motion the judge was not liking it some thugs uh, he, he was chris was i was just there in support of him to right. make sure that and you had your video camera with you, which the the armed agents did not like. They pushed, uh, you know, kind of roughed up Chris. You were trying to record it. They didn't like that very much, and they then proceeded to uh, shortly thereafter arrest you and charge you with nonsense like resisting arrest when you weren't actually being arrested for any other crime. Uh, but uh, what was uh, – Chris, go ahead with your thoughts. All right, so I demanded a jury trial, as is my right under the Seventh Amendment, and it's the imposter that was – to be a judge, claimed that the Seventh Amendment only applied to criminal cases. So, you know... Well, well, I, a violation I is not... a criminal case. I mean, they're they're claiming that you broke the law, um, and that's a criminal case. All They, they consider uh, it a traffic case, though. I'm sorry, traffic is always criminal. No, if, no, if you don't play the fine... Tell it to the judge, uh, buddy. If you, don't go, if you don't pay the fine, you go to prison. You go to jail. Generally, that's, that's correct. true. That's, yes, it, it's a... It's a, it's a it's a uh, bill of attainder. But hold on, uh, hold on. Chris asked asked the judge, "Is this civil or criminal?" And the judge said, "Civil." It says, "So I make a motion to dismiss then under the Seventh Amendment." And he said, "That doesn't that doesn't pertain to this." Go right. ahead, Chris. We're we're a lot of complicated issues here. So, so Unfortunately, we don't have much time, Chris. So we've got to get to the you know the heart of what you're going to say. Yeah. So you know, let me let me give you the the gist. I, I demanded my jury trial right under the Seventh Amendment, and the uh, pretend judge said that the Seventh Amendment only applied to criminal cases, which is totally false. That's the Sixth Amendment. He's, he doesn't know what he's talking about. The Seventh Amendment only applies to Right, but it doesn't Amendment. matter that he doesn't know what he's talking about because men with guns will do whatever he tells them to do, whether yeah. or not what he's yeah, telling sure. them is legal. So you ended up getting arrested. What were the charges you were facing? So... I corrected him, and then I asked him the question, you're not really a judge, are you? And he answered, no, I'm not. But as that was happening, three cops surrounded me, uh, and I couldn't really see him. And I tried to kind of look around the one cop that he came up right between me and the alleged judge, the magistrate or whatever he's called. 
So you actually have him on the record saying he's not actually a judge? That's correct. That's interesting. And at that moment, at, at that moment, the uh, the biggest, fattest, baldest, most psychopathic cop attacked me. Right. Now, by the way, when no, you no. weren't connected, when uh, you were, we've been told the story already about what happened. So it, there's no point in having you retell that story. You were attacked by the police. Uh, James attempted to record it. He had his camera stolen from him. Uh, you were both arrested. And my, and my audio recorder, too. Right. And I'm just wondering, what were your charges? Because we know what James was charged with. What did they charge resisting, you with? Resisting without violence. But, of course, you know. How can you resist arrest without violence if there was no initial cause for the arrest? Right, and then you you guys got bailed out later on. Uh, what was the bail that was attached to you? It was one hundred and fifty dollars for each of us. I cashed it. I paid. The now, cash. is this a is this a misdemeanor resisting where you can face jail time for a conviction? It's a misdemeanor. I don't know what the maximum offense is. Gotcha. And uh, I suppose you guys are going to take this to trial. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will fight this to the death. Are there any other people that can come help you guys out in the Pinellas area? Because, I mean, it was a, it was sad to hear that you were only two people, uh, activists, in the courthouse together. Generally, you want to have as many people come out to these things as uh, as possible. Uh, it's possible. I'm not a real social person. I, I'm a individualist and a learner. I'm a recluse. I'm a pacifist. Uh, gotcha. I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not an activist. Because well, I you are now. Uh, if you if you take a red light ticket to court, you are absolutely an activist. And uh, what I would suggest is that as soon as you get through this uh, situation, maybe consider uh, making a move. You love the ideas of liberty, and I imagine I, if you're hanging out with James wanna, Cox, I, I, you, I, I, you probably do. I want to say, say this in before you know we finish this conversation. I just want to get this out. I'm calling on every individual that goes to traffic court to stand up, take people with you. Take audio recorders, take video recorders. This is taxation through but can I have just one more minute? I'm sorry, but we're going to have to talk to you guys at another time. I appreciate the uh, the call. Feel free to update us as time, time goes on with your case. I thank you for the call tonight at 855-450-FREE. I understand that uh, there's a lot that you want to say. It's your oh, yeah. case. There's a lot going on there, and I totally understand that. But we do have to get some other folks on the air here tonight. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. But I'd love to hear more as it continues to develop. The saddest part, however, is that... Uh, I, while I agree with what James is saying, yeah, take things to trial, and usually when you're taking something small to trial, like a traffic ticket, there's not much that's at risk. But you always have to remember that every time you are in the clutches of those state agents, you are always at risk. If some judge, some man in a robe gets a hair up his butt, uh, and he decides he wants to have you arrested for contempt, you're going to jail for contempt right there, right then, and for an uh, indeterminate amount of time. He can make it whatever he wants it to be. So it's it's still risky, even if you're just taking a parking well, ticket to in trial. This case, it doesn't sound like the judge even went after them on contempt. The age, state agents, the the, no, the bailiffs and stuff, just grab them. Right. It wasn't wasn't a contempt <laughs> charge. But what I'm saying is, you don't know what to expect. Right. You when don't it comes know what to, to expect. Certainly. You can expect violence. Uh, you should expect violence, which is why I agree with James that you should get as many people together as you can. But in many areas, most people aren't willing to go out and put their necks on the line like this. You've got to move to a place where those people exist. You've got to get together with other people of a like mindset, and that's the point behind the Free State Project, freestateproject.org. Let's go to William listening uh, to WSC-FM in South Carolina. Hey, William. Boy, am I ready for you guys. I, I, I'm i just going to try to be mild as I can be. Here's what I'd suggest. Yep. You have to be brief as you can be as well, because uh, the show's about to well, wrap you up. You won't let me over. You've, you've just let a whole lot of time. I want to talk about little girls 
having somebody put a knife up against their throat and cutting their throat. Oh, dear. In America, paying for the NATO forces, one of them is Turkey, standing right by. We have, uh, and we're saying, we don't know what to do. Hillary, our Secretary of State, says, well, we wish the Russians wouldn't veto us in the NATO and the Chinese, but we can't do anything about it. And we stand by what butchers. You're worrying about somebody getting a ticket and wherever the hell it is. Well, I, I, I can appreciate that you think that there are more important issues in the world, but I'm telling you, when you're dealing with a court and you're dealing with your life being re- disrupted, that I is the most important I'm issue. more concerned about little girls having their throats cut, you barbarian. Don't you have Thanks any for the call, William. I appreciate hearing from you. And I agree with you that uh, anybody getting their throat cut is a terrible thing. And that's why I don't support uh, the U.S. government meddling in other people's affairs, because I I don't know what side is right or what side is wrong, but I know that it's wrong to steal money from people to go around the world engaging in warmongering efforts for whatever the purposes are. So two wrongs don't make a right. And if you want to help people who are in danger, whether it's little girls or, or you know, whoever, uh, if you want to help people in danger around the world, you should be free to send money or volunteer yourself to those efforts. But you can't force other people into it. That's wrong. That's That makes Makes it worse. You know, the, the United States has been involved in all kinds of pacifications uh, throughout its history and ignored some. And, you know, atrocities have occurred and they've not occurred. But, you know, yeah. then you're involved. And I don't want to pay for it. Dave is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Dave, you got the, the final thoughts on the show tonight. Dave in New Hampshire. Oh, hey, guys. Can you hear me okay? Yes, but you've got the final thoughts in about 20 seconds. Go. Okay. Just want to let folks know there'll be a print edition of the Ridley Report at Porcupine Fest. And I'm asking uh, folks to participate. Uh, they can actually post their own news to the print edition, uh, which will appear on the bulletin board outside the office. Cool. And uh, so folks can hook up with you at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I appreciate it. That's Dave from RidleyReport.com. Always appreciate hearing from you tomorrow night. Uh, join Mark for the Sunday show. We'll see you then online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook.